0: I'm Lisa Stone, and you are listening to Season 8 of Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 5 of the Parenting Aces Podcast. I can't believe we're already into February. It seems like this year is already going by so quickly the Australian Open is over. We had a new women's champion. We had a not-so-new men's champion. Uh, the Americans did so well in the tournament. It was really fun to watch. And now college dual match season for Division I is underway. The ITF kickoff weekend was a huge success. Lots of Expected winners and a couple surprise winners to go to the ITA indoors. And I just, I love this time of year. It's cold and the weather is really unpredictable here in Atlanta. We've survived another Super Bowl, which we haven't hosted in over a decade, maybe over two decades. No, over a decade, I guess. I I don't even remember which year we last hosted. I remember I was involved in this year, I did not do one thing involving the Super Bowl other than watch it on TV. But anyway, uh, back to tennis and back to Parenting Aces. This week we have Todd Whittem finally with us in 2019. I can't believe we've gone this many weeks without having him do a show, but um, I'm excited to bring him back to you. As you may know, Todd was... Among one of our most featured guests last year, I guess he was our most featured guest in 2018, and several of his episodes made our top 10 for the year. So, Todd always has a lot of wisdom to share, a lot of thought-provoking ideas to share, and I'm looking forward to having you get to listen to him yet again talk about coaching and the things that make tennis coaching unique. So... Sit back, relax, enjoy this week's episode with Todd, and as always, please be sure to share this and all our episodes with your tennis playing community, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to ParentingAces.com through our website. There's a link on the right sidebar of every page on the website to just enter your email address and subscribe, and what that does is shoot you an email every time there's new content posted. So. Be sure and join us that way, and if you're not following us on social media, what's stopping you? Come on, we have a lot of fun. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, a Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, so be sure and subscribe to us on all those various outlets, and stay up to date on what's going on in the world of junior tennis and junior tennis parenting. Mm-hmm. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Todd Whittem. Well, Todd Whittem, it is 2019. This is the middle of January when we're recording this, and I haven't aired an episode with you yet. So it's about time that we recorded this year.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to be back, and welcome to 2019. (laughs)
0: For sure. It's a big year, I think. Um, As we're recording, the Australian Open is going on. The Australian Open Juniors qualifying is happening this day that that we're recording. And uh, the Australian Open Juniors will start next week. And it's always a big time of year for the kids where the big national tournaments are starting the college dual match season is starting. So there's a lot going on in tennis right now. And it's, for me, it's a really exciting time because all my favorite things are going on at the same time. College tennis, high level junior tennis, pro tennis, (laughs) a slam. Um, So it's, it's a fun time of year.
1: Yeah. I mean uh, it's, it's fantastic as you know, with the college tennis season starting, I remember as a as a youngster, eighteen to twenty years old, uh, being very excited for this season to start, and as well as going to Australia, basically the day after Christmas, uh, going there to prepare for the Australian Open. So, uh, it's a, it's a fantastic time for a lot of tennis players worldwide.
0: Yeah, for sure. I wanted to ask you because I know over the winter break, you had some of your former students come back that are, they're now playing in college and they came back to get ready for the college dual match season. You had some kids that are, um, you know, getting ready for the big national tournaments that we just mentioned, uh, international tournaments. Talk about what goes on over these training blocks when the kids are out of school, parents have vacation time what happens at at your academy during that time?
1: Sure. Um, so really we we, we base it we base it on, on their schedule of, of of how to prepare and but like you said, these these are kids that I trained throughout their junior tennis career. So I, I understand kind of how to prepare them and, and 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 what they need to be working on. And and we go we go about that every single day when they're here for for the couple weeks over their winter vacation. Um, Many of them need to need to get in better shape and they need to work on very specific things to make sure that they're sharp for, for their tennis season. That that's really kind of what's, what's going on. So it's, it's very specific training. Um, It could be hitting a lot of balls. It could be working on some specific things. It could be, Developing maybe a bigger serve, um, transitioning into the net, being more aggressive. So some some of the players have have maybe slipped into some habits that, that I didn't like to see. So we we were kind of weeding that out as well. So you know, like like I've said on on some of the other podcasts, each and every each and every kid is different. But um, you know, training training them as a junior player, we've we've molded a game around how they would be most successful. So I want to make sure that those things are sharp and then they're ready to rock and roll for their, for their seasons.
0: How do you help them balance the information that they're getting from their college coach with the information that you're giving them over these breaks when they're home training with you?
1: Sure. Well, I, I have relationships with, with their coaches from, from their school um, from their college that, that they're currently at. So that, that's actually very easy. In fact, some of the coaches came over to see how Pierre and I train them and, and, and what we're working on. And, and we're, we're very much in accordance of, of what needs to be done. So it, it's a, it's a total green light. It's a great situation or else it, it really wouldn't work out for that particular student, but um, they, they, they trust me. And, and, and I trust them a hundred percent as I was probably involved in their college placement as well. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, everyone's on the same page to make sure that, that, you know, these particular uh, student athletes are are on the right track to be doing some great things.
0: So how important is that relationship between you as their junior coach and their current college coach?
1: Well, some may think it's very important and some may not. Um, I've been involved with with these students for for years now. And, And so for me, I think it's very important. Um, it just depends on what kind of relationship you have with, with the coach that was, that was, that was developing that, that junior player into, into a college player. So every case is different. Um, it also depends on if, if they're still coming back to the system that, that, that they were in as junior players. So, and it also depends on how dedicated that, that's that student athlete is as well. Many kids don't, don't use that winter vacation to, to get in great shape and to, work on things that they need to work on. So it, it really all depends on how serious that student is and, and really what they want out of their tennis.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting kind of dilemma, really, because I know a lot of college kids who maintain a very close relationship with their junior coach and, you know, take right. every opportunity when they're on a break from school to go back home and train with that coach. And then I know others who once they graduate high school and go to college that's the end of the relationship with the junior coach and and the college coach becomes the primary coach and and so yeah. it's like you said it is different for each kid but certainly an interesting kind of thing to think about you know as these kids are going off to school and you know i i think opening the door for conversation between the junior coach and the college coach is Anything, I mean, it, it's got to be a healthy thing to do. You know, it's not going to be detrimental unless one or one of the coaches is too egotistical to handle it. Right? Yeah.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I, I really, I mean, I for, for me in my system, which is it's it's not a tennis academy of masses of kids, I, I can manage this, and so so many times I'm very heavily involved in their college placement. So I'm placing them in in places that I think are going to be fantastic for them, for, for that, for that individual. But I also have a personal relationship with, with these college coaches. So usually there's not an ego involved. It's, it's what's best for, for little Johnny and, 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 and what we think that, you know, they can do with their tennis and and how they should be playing and how they should be training and, and those types of things. I mean, it's, it's not, to me, it's not, it's not uh, that complex
0: right right well let's switch gears a little bit and i want to talk about something that has come up i you know from time to time over the years and that is what how do you know as a coach when to be straight up and honest with a player and a family versus when to kind of sugarcoat things a little bit and by that i mean um, you know, sometimes a kid is, comes to you and the family feels like they're the next Roger Federer, Serena Williams, and you work with the kid for a day, a week, an hour and, and realize eh, you know, that, that the potential is not really there. Um, what is your responsibility as the coach and how do you handle that and how, I know I'm throwing a lot of questions all in one, but how do families interpret or decipher whether a coach is being honest with them?
1: Well, we'll we'll start with the, with the, with the first question, Lisa. (laughs) So um, whenever I, I, I see, see a child for the first time in my brain, I'm thinking, you know, as they're going through the assessment you know, they're, they're with me privately. I'm thinking of in the future, how I want this particular player to play, how big they're going to be, how, what kind of athlete they are, what, what are their current techniques? Do things need to be tweaked? Do they understand tactics and strategy? Like, like I said, you know, all, all all kids are different. Um, So I'm, I'm looking into the future of, of, you know, how, and what needs to be worked on so that they can continue to progress. Um, so many parents may think that their, their child could be a professional tennis player. And that, that would be fantastic. But without the, the short term of having, having you know goals and things that need to be worked on and, and how you're going to connect with that particular player and, and those types of things, then, then those lofty goals are, are, are probably not in the future. And not only that, you, you need a coach that's going to care for your child every single day, and you're going to have to have one voice, not not multiple coaches every single day or every other day and this and that. Things have to be managed and, and made very clear of the process of what it's going to take for this particular player to achieve their goals. Um, so that, that that's kind of how I go about working with the kids and, 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 um, you know, and then I'm assessing how fast that they're, that they're reaching not only their goals, but, but my goal for them of, you know, things that may need to be tweaked or habits that need to be fixed or, and, you know, it can range anything from mental to technical, to tactical, to, to the physical part of the game. There's so many things that I'm looking at to, to help them achieve their their, their best tennis level that that's really what I do. so, uh, what were some of the other questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now! <laughs> I'm I'm getting old. I was, you know, I'm I don't want to hear it.
0: I don't want to <laughs> hear make it. Excuses all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think the next question is: What? How do you handle it if the kid's goal and the parent's goal is not aligned with what you see when you're
1: evaluating the player? Well, that, 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 that's tough. Um, you know, I, I played on the ATP tour. I was around the best tennis players in the world from when I was six years old in, in the system that, that Pierre and his, and his, and his two partners, uh, put together. Um, you know, I think, I think being a professional tennis player is fantastic. Do you know if that child is going to be a professional tennis player at 10, 12 years old, there's no one that, has the crystal ball that can tell you that your child will be a pro tennis player. Now, can a pro say, Oh, your kid's a great athlete, or they have fantastic eye, eye hand coordination. Do they have a great work ethic? You know, there, there are things that that stand out that may make certain children different than others. No doubt about it. But Every child is different. the way they mature is different. Kids are maturing much later now. so anyone that, that's that's saying that this one's going to be a pro and this one's going to be that and making predictions mm-mm, mm, uh, I, I would be very very hesitant uh, and, and very skeptical about about those words. Can they can they can they see things that may be different athletically or, or god-gifted talents? Yes that that you can see. But mm-hmm. making predictions that, that a player is the next this one or the next that one. No way. I, I'd, I'd run for the highway.
0: So let me ask you this. if If a family comes to you, a player and the parents come to you and say, you know, the goal is to play at a top division one school and then turn pro at some point. What do you say to them? to help them understand what that journey is going to entail. I mean, I want to hear specifics, you know, what do you tell them it's sure. going to take for that to happen?
1: Sure. Um, is there, is there a particular age when, when they're coming to me or, or just, yeah, um, I'm, I'm yeah.
0: like, you know, eight years old, let's say. That's Cause a, I, I understand it's, it's a different situation <laughs>
1: when it's a 16 year old, but,
0: but let's say it's, it's a young one that's uh, just getting started. Uh, uh,
1: uh, A youngster. uh, I I think those goals are fantastic. Um, do, do the parents and the kids understand the daily work and the grind that it's going to take for their child to achieve those, those lofty goals? I'm not sure. What is that?
0: What is that daily grind and work? What does
1: that look like? (laughs) Well, I can tell you from example, um, the coaches that, that, that I was trained under were like Tony Nadal type coaches. They were disciplinarian Argentine coaches, obviously Tony from Spain, but it was very similar. Robert Landsdorp in California, one of the most well-respected coaches. I spent time with him when I was in California. Um, help, as, as I, was, I was a hitting partner um, for an for ATP player that he was training currently at that time. He reminded me very much of my coaches back home in Florida. Okay, The amount of repetitions, um, and I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of repetitions every single day, same shots, grueling workouts, grueling practices, um, very specific things done over and over again year after year, and then maybe maybe your child could be there. But if you don't have that discipline of work ethic every single day with a great attitude for learning, and love to compete in those things. Then, and, and those things, it's, it's going to be very hard to, to accomplish. And I'm telling you, know, I mean, people, people follow me on on social media and everything so they can see kind of what, what these kids are going through. And I can tell you that I was going through these things at a much younger age than the kids that, that you're seeing currently in, in, in the social media posts and the videos that I put up, I started doing those things at a much younger age. Um, I can tell you that some of the workouts I was doing as a seven, eight year old um were very difficult. And I and I tell the stories to, to the students that I'm training and and, and their eyes widen up and their mouths open like, oh my gosh. And I said, Yeah, but you know, these coaches were producing champions and and there were champions on every court, whether it was national champions, ITF champions, professionals at the highest echelon of, of pro tennis, they were all around us. And so it was an environment of competition and, and, and that you were, you were there to work. It, it was, it was your job. You love to do your job, but you were there to work. And the coaches were there to work with you.
0: And so how do you balance that intensity with the growing Growing up and maturing of a player to help them avoid burning out.
1: You know, I mean, I, I really haven't had any, any kids come to me and tell me that they're they're burned out. Um, the, the kids that that, that, that I'm training, they, they love to play tennis, and 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 they have goals, and, and they and 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 they're working really hard to to achieve those goals, and they have basically a couple private tutors with them all day long to, to achieve those goals. Um, Do they take breaks throughout the year? Yeah, they, they, they do, but are they working harder than the vast majority of kids uh, in the United States? Yeah, (laughs) I'd I'd say so. Um,
0: But there must be something you're doing every day that is keeping them fired up about this because I mean, As you state, Todd, this is hard, hard work. It's beyond what any of us that haven't gone through it can imagine, right? I mean, it's it's physical pressure. It's emotional pressure. Um, You're giving up time with your family, time with your friends. I mean, there's a lot of sacrifice. The families are making huge sacrifices, both time-wise and financially, so something you're doing, if you've never had a kid come to you and say they felt burned out, there's something happening on the court that is unique. I don't know what it is. Do you, I mean, can you pinpoint think, it? Uh, Have you figured it out? Have you bottled it yet and started selling it?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I can tell you that when we're not in the middle of a drill, we may crack some jokes. On the sidelines, I'm always looking to looking at different avenues on how to connect with with different kids. You know, there's different different personalities. They're coming from different backgrounds. I have a couple international kids. I have kids from outside of Florida, kids that are from Florida, right? They're coming. They're coming from, you know, all, all different parts of the country and the world. Um, these kids they love tennis and they love to compete. So if they love those things they're going to enjoy this environment. If they do not love to do those things, they're not going to like this environment. I already know whether a kid can 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 I can have a long-lasting relationship with them or not. I can tell by their mentality. And so they may be coming from other environments where where this is this is very foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And I've pulled them to the side and said you're either going to step it up or you're out of here. And they mm-hmm. they understand that. And so if they don't have the proper mentality or what I, what I demand out of them on a daily basis, I'm not spending that time with them and they can go home. And it's a little hard for them maybe to comprehend, but I'm putting my life into this. And I'm out there every single day. I'm not teaching a one hour lesson and then telling them to go away and then bringing in another kid, right? I'm not, have, this is not a lesson factory. Mm-hmm. This is, we're highly involved in not only their tennis, their life, their physical fitness their college placement. I mean, you know, this, this is not lessons in groups, you know, right to check. That's, that's not what's what, what I do. So it's a, it's, it's definitely a little bit, a little bit different for some of the the newer kids that are coming into, into my environment, but this is what I think is is best to produce high level players and have a great time doing it and to see how far they can go.
0: Have you ever had a situation where you've had to give a kid or a family a reality check?
1: I think I haven't had to verbalize it, but if they watch any of the workouts, I think their, their reality check, they, they see it. Um, of this, 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 this we needed to start doing this a long time ago. Um, so we're a little bit behind and and now we're in the crash course for, for what, for the goals that, that you and your child would, would love to love to achieve in their tennis and, and, and their academics and then put them into a fantastic school. I think once they see some of the training then then you know then then the light bulb many times goes off, unfortunately mm-hmm. or fortunately, however you look at it. Um, and I tell them, you know, I, I was doing this when I was six, eight years old, when I'm putting your child through. That's maybe a little bit of a tough reality, but that's kind of how I operate and I'm not there to beat them up or anything, but I understand that th- these are the things that we need to accomplish to achieve what, 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 you know, what, what this particular child would love to achieve and what I would love to see them achieve.
0: Have you ever had a situation where a family has adjusted the goal based on coming to you and yep. seeing what's going Absolutely. on? And, and how Absolutely. does, how does that look? I mean, talk us through the process of that because that's got to be a hard thing to do.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, I mean, what, once your child gets to, gets to a certain age, maybe 16, 17 years old, it, it's really based on results of where they're going to end up, whether professional tennis, a certain level of college tennis. I mean, that that's, it, that's the reality. I mean, that that's just, that that's that's what it is. So I mean, no, many people are coming to me. It's not that you know, they're 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 coming they're coming to me because maybe things haven't worked out well. Maybe maybe the child had maybe injury problems, maybe they maybe the the coaching problems, maybe it was a a system problem, maybe you know, I don't I don't know, many many different many different things. Mm-hmm. Um so no one's coming to me saying my child's having the best results of their life. We wanted to leave their previous coaching situation. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's really rare, right? I mean, like who would do that, but you know what? Don't, don't let it phase you. We had one of those where a 12 year old went from 300 in the country and working with Pierre for three or four months, that kid went to 60 in the country and they wanted to terminate our relationship, which was fine. But that's, to me, that's pretty rare. Okay. But why, why did they
0: want to terminate the relationship? See, this is, this is curious no to me.
1: I can't tell you why. I don't okay. know for the parents listening. If a kid went, if your child went from 300 in the country to 60 and was beating top 20 players in the country, things are probably going okay. <laughs> so I can't, I can't tell you, I don't know. Okay. Things maybe happen, you know, behind the scenes. I can't tell you about that, but okay. you know, it, it, it is what it is. Right. Um, but you know, that's, that's not for me to figure out. I mean, you know, if, Well, I was just
0: curious if, it. if they gave you a reason, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I know people <laughs> people do things for different reasons, and like you right. said, sometimes there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, right. and, and that's fine, right. and that's why we have to be careful not to judge people too harshly because we don't always have the whole story. But um, yeah, that's
1: correct. That's yeah, right. I'm
0: just always curious. All right, let's let's switch gears a bit, and and as I was telling you before we started recording, um, I got a a message from a listener questioning the fact that if you're a coach and you're getting kids that are doing virtual school, the parents have an unending supply of funds to pay for tennis. Um, you know that that any coach can develop a champion from a, a situation like that and you and i both know that's not 100% true um but let's talk about a what it takes to develop a champion from the family side and b what happens if you don't have the resources and i'm not just talking money but i'm talking ability to travel you know, flexible work schedule that allows you to do different things, um, the ability to put your child in a virtual school program, what happens to that kid? And is there still a chance for that kid to reach champion level?
1: I mean, I don't see, I don't see why not. Um, Where would you like me to start? Well,
0: let's start with the first
1: (laughs) part of this, which
0: is, you know, the statement that any coach can develop a champion if the family puts all the resources behind the kid.
1: Um, That's as far from the truth as you could ever imagine. (laughs) Why? Um, Why? Because there's so many factors that go into developing a champion. Are we talking about like a a, a professional player or a a, a national champion or, you know, a a high
0: level national player, a high level college player, I mean, and potentially Mm -hmm. a a professional, but you know, the majority of these kids are not going to make a professional career out of playing tennis.
1: Right. So there are so many ingredients that have to be in place to develop champions, so many. It could be from the house, from from the parenting situation, it could be the financial situation, it could be the coaching situation, it could also be from the player. I don't care how much money you have and how much you can invest in, in, in your child's tennis, if they don't have a will to wanna learn every single day, the work ethic, the eye eye hand coordination, the balance and movement the the technical the strategical side of tennis then that player is not going to be a champion there's so many and there's many more many more things to developing a champion than that but those are just a couple off the top of my top of my head right now that 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 we're speaking about and if you're missing some of those ingredients it's you know that that's you yeah. know that's i don't know how it's going to happen Um, Mm -hmm. there are things that some kids can do naturally that can't be taught. I don't care how many lessons you take. That's the God's honest truth, right? When I was playing on the tour and I went to go train with the best tennis players in the world, and I'm talking about top five, top 10 players in the world. Sometimes I look across the net and think it doesn't matter how many hours I train physically or this or that. I can't do what that guy does. Like, I, I don't know how he did that. I don't know what he did to be able to do that, but he can do it and he can do it over and over again. Like that's God gifted. That's amazing. And that, and you're seeing some of those things at the Australian open, right? So, right. but going back to, going back to a, a national level, um, there's there's a lot of things that have to be in place. And, and I can tell you, it starts in the house with, with parenting. And it's great that, your, your website is parenting aces. So <laughs> it's, start, it starts in the house and I'm, I'm not, and I'm talking about how much pressure there's, there is on that child. I'm talking about the environment that that child goes home to every single night. Um, obviously the financial stability of the family, um, the mental well being of the, of that child. Um, so there, there's, there's so many things that have to be in place. So this, this, this particular player can, can, can see how far they can take their tennis. Um, I can tell you that with junior players and with tennis players overall, if their brain is not clear and happy and, and, and confident, then the results are going to be very shaky. And so that's something that you're always monitoring as a coach of how they're feeling, making sure their home life is solid and stable and good. And then making sure that they're listening, they're learning on a daily basis. So I can tell you that what I've seen um, of recent years is that many kids in, in, in the little society that, that, that they're growing up in, they, they have a lot of choices, many more choices than, than I did, say, in my generation, which wasn't that long ago. And what I'm, and what I'm talking about is they talk a lot. And when they talk a lot, and I had to pull a child, you know, to the side the other day, when they talk a lot, and then I start to speak, what I say does not go in their brain. So I have to tell them to to stop talking because many times they really don't know what they're talking about. Unfortunately, (laughs) they, 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 they don't, they don't understand the game of tennis, but they're trying to understand it. And they're spitting so many different things out that they don't know what's going on. And so I have to tell them to zip their trap, basically, And say, do this and this and this and do not talk. Mm -hmm. And as Pierre said in practice the other day, these kids, I mean, when, when they go to school, are they, are they talking to the teachers? I said, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in school, but you know, when the teacher talks and speaks, the child needs to not speak, listen and apply. And I can tell you the most successful players I've trained, they have that skill. And the ones that learn at the slowest rate, they talk a lot and they only hear themselves. And, and then they have trouble applying what they should be applying. So the lessons and and the advancement of that child, it goes a lot slower.
0: Right. Well, let's get back to the question because the question is, and, and maybe I didn't state it succinctly enough, but the question is, if you, if there is a child who has the physical skill, you know, the, the hand-eye coordination, the height, the size, all that, um, has the home life stability, has the financial resources. Can any coach take that child and take them to the highest level of the game?
1: Um, I mean, does that coach have the experience in, 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 in doing that?
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's, so that was the question to me was, you know, (laughs) it's all well and good to say that, you know, you've developed champions, but when the kids that you're getting have unlimited financial resources and the ability to do school online, any coach could take a kid like that and turn them into champions. And my response to that is, well, I don't agree with that because not well, every what? coach has the ability to coach a champion.
1: Well, uh, how many how many champions are in the United States right now and how many how many families can can currently afford what needs to be done for that child? A lot of families can. Right. Are there a lot of champions? No. There 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 isn't. Right. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of champions and quite honestly, Division 1 college tennis those coaches are looking for foreign tennis players. <laughs> Many of them,
0: yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So that may answer your question. the 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 answer is the answer is no. Number one, does the coach care about your child? Number two, do they understand how to develop champions? Number three, does 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 that particular child do they have the ability to be a champion, and do they have the will to be a champion? Um.
0: So So I mean I guess no, that, the answer is there are a lot of factors that go into it. Yes, you have to yeah. have the raw material, right? The kid has to have certain qualities in order to have a chance. There you know, in an ideal world, there has to be the financial resources and whether those come from the parents or from a sponsor or from some other source, it takes money. And and we know that. And then also you have to have a coach who has the knowledge, the skills, the experience to develop a player from a beginner to the highest level, whatever that may be for that particular player. And your your approach, Todd, is that you as a coach have the ability to take a child from day one on the tennis court to as high as they want to go in the game. But there are a lot of coaches out there that don't possess that skill set. They may be really good with beginners, but then don't know what to do with them once they you know move beyond that. Or They may not be good with beginners. They may be, you know, the kind of coach that is more tactical based and really, you know, needs a kid to come in that already has the technique um, and then can work on tactics to help them win matches, right? Am I saying that correctly?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think of a little discussion that I had with Pierre the other day that that we're constantly seeing kind of over and over with with kids that that come through the door. but you can keep going. <laughs> I can No, tell you I, I want to hear.
0: I want to hear what you're sure. s- about. Sure. that. Yeah.
1: So, so the vast majority of kids that 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 I've seen, as, as well as Pierre. I mean, I've, I've been coaching since 2010. Um, usually, they're coming through the door, and the techniques are, you know, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, there are some things that we see over and over again that that we don't think are right, and, and many of the kids they possess these these techniques that, that we have to tweak around and, and fix up and whatever. But I can tell you that movement is a big problem with, with the, with the, with the kids that, that, that are coming. Um, workouts and, 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 and maybe, maybe the, maybe the current coaches that they're working with aren't, aren't working hard enough on those areas, but I can tell you by the time a junior player gets to a certain level, it's not so technical anymore right that that technical stuff is is set at, at a much younger age then then it starts to become more physical balance movement, understanding court position, understanding tactics and this is where I think we have it very wrong from what I've seen and and the players that have come to me is that they don't have really many times that background of knowledge of, of any of these things I'm talking about, I'm talking about the physicality, mm-hmm. proper movements, light on the feet, balance, being able to strategically construct a proper point. So at, after all the lessons and, and all the groups, if you don't possess those traits and, and, and those, the, you know, those, those, those characteristics the it's gonna, it's, it's trouble time. It's, right. it's big time, trouble time, like, like danger, danger. Like <laughs> it's, it, it's, 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 it's big time. Holy moly. Like where's my kid going to go to college? And, and, you know, and, and they, they don't tr- truthfully, they don't understand how to move and play tennis. Well, I can no, like, you know, th- you that's a big so? problem.
0: Right. Don't you think some of that has to do with the fact, well, a couple things, one, the kids aren't, getting PE in school anymore. Or if they do get PE, it's very limited. And two, kids are not just going outside and playing and going to playgrounds and, you know, doing the monkey bars and, you know, all the things that, that teach things like balance and movement and how to fall properly and, you know, how to recover from a misstep. I mean, you know, and I'm dating myself and I I always hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But when I was a kid, you know, we would go out and play tag or, you know, um, I mean, neighborhood games where you're riding your bike around playing different games or, you know, playing kicking around a ball, playing kickball or playing soccer or, you know, whatever it is. Um, or we were on the playground and, you know, creating obstacle courses for each other and challenging each other. And so we were developing all of those basic movement patterns and skills from the time we were really young. Now, kids don't have that opportunity as much. We are putting them in organized sports at younger and younger ages where their skills are being developed in a limited capacity rather than, you know, in the more global capacity, um, again, they're, they're not getting PE in school or if they are, it's, you know, a very short period of time and very limited movement. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's a problem as a society that we've been talking about for decades now and seems to just be getting worse.
1: I agree. Um, I definitely agree with with what you're saying but I also believe that I think the workouts are for for the kids in the United States are made um what's the proper wording they're made I'm not 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 too easy but not physical enough mm-hmm. so that so that they're really learning how to move and how to balance. Um, any, any coach can feed a ball to someone and any, any coach can drop feed a ball and it can look really good, but that's not realistic tennis. okay. Um, re- realistic tennis is you're able to move properly, balance properly, recover properly, have the strength and be able to hit certain targets and spots on the courts. Uh, sorry, on the court, and, and your technique has to be sound enough so that you can do it over and over and over again. And so many kids have been taught maybe the technical side of tennis, right? And, and maybe not, but from what I've seen is that they've been maybe taught the technical side of, the ten- of tennis. But when you get to a certain level, if you don't have that proper movement and understanding how to move. And, and, and being able to hit certain spots on the court because you've moved so well and, and, and properly, then your, your child's tennis game is going to come to a screeching halt. Their development will come to a screeching halt. And, and these are the things that I'm seeing. So going back to many times the assessment of the first time that I see a child, they're in shell shock. And then the parents, many times, the looks on their faces, oh my gosh, yeah, finally, we're seeing the physicality and this and that and, and, and those types of things. And so they're happy, but they've realized that they've missed time in, in that type of development for their child. Mm-hmm. And we, we're living in a society of, of if you go on YouTube, you see all these tennis coaches and they, they have the drop feeding and they have the, the bucket feeding and everything. But do you really see the realistic side of tennis, what I call the realistic side? Are they hitting certain spots on the court? Are they moving properly? Or is it more of just, yeah, I'm feeding and I'm hand-feeding a ball. And and and, and, and they can have a lot of technical deficiencies and movement deficiencies and balance deficiencies. But they can get away with it because the ball, it's a very... Uh, what should we say? A very, um, controlled Controlled. environment that they're in. Yes, Controlled environment. And that, that you can get away with at a young age, but then when that ball is coming much bigger, faster, stronger, heavier to your child, when they're say 14 to 18 years old, then they're in trouble. Right. Right.
0: So the takeaway message is if your child's coach isn't working on movement and balance with your child starting from the get-go and it doesn't have to be tennis specific, right. For with a young kid,
1: it can be be playing soccer. They're playing other sports, you know, many, many, you know, it doesn't have to be on the tennis court, but they do need to be taught how to be a good tennis mover. They can be naturally a great athlete but they may not be able to move and position themselves and core positioning properly on a tennis court, which is a huge problem. Huge. You can never strike a big solid ball without without understanding how to do those things. Right.
0: Right. And it's interesting because um, the listeners know I I play league tennis here in Atlanta and
1: come on Lisa each, come on Lisa what what what
0: hey,
1: I'm sure I'm sure you kick butt in league tennis well sure. no
0: no no I'm pretty good I'm all right but <laughs> but what I was gonna say is what I've noticed is every year my first step gets a little slower right? It takes me a little longer to get in position. And I make more of those types of errors that you were just talking about due to the fact that I'm not as quick to the ball and not as quick to get into position. And so, you know, I don't have the time to set up properly to hit a clean stroke. And, you know, that's me at age 55. It's, and I, and I'm playing you know, a very different level of tennis, of course, than what these kids are playing at the national level or in college where the ball is coming, as you said, so hard, so fast with so much spin. Um, You know, it's literally fractions of seconds that they have to position properly in order to hit the ball cleanly. And it's, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the footwork and the, the, Athleticism is something that we have to get better at training as a country if we want our kids to be able to compete internationally.
1: Right. I mean, I I, I agree with with everything you're saying, and I can give you you know so, you know some some examples. Um, obviously, in Florida, it's it's different. Many parts of the country, in indoor court time is very valuable it's hard to it's it's hard to get into a court time or you have a very limited time for your child or it's
0: ungodly expensive
1: correct that 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 too um so i can tell you that many kids they 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 tell me yeah i go and i do my physical training with with the trainer and everything And, and that's that's all fine and dandy but you do not learn how to, how to become a great mover on the tennis court unless you have someone that's specifically training your child on the court and understands the balance, the strength, the movement, li- lightness on the feet, all those things. That happens on a tennis court. Okay? It, 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 you can try to mimic it in, in a gym or, or whatever, <laughs> but it mm-hmm. is not the same. It's just not. And and players want to get stronger, and so they maybe they start lifting and everything. But that's not tennis specific. And so those are all good supplements, but that's that's it's 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 not tennis specific. So many times I'm working on on the court in, in, in Florida, where where the center I, I train out of. Um, you know, the, it's it's not a problem, obviously with courts and everything. So. We can spend all day long on the courts, which is the beautiful thing. But many times that, that that that's what we're really working on so that they can become a much better striker of the ball and get fitter and get stronger, and we're not in a gym. So these these are the things that we're constantly working on. And, and I'm talking about, I mean, as, as I'm thinking, as I'm talking now with you about this, I'm talking about some of the elite tennis players in the country that – that these are the things that they're working on. They're learning how to be a better mover, how to be lighter on their feet, how to slide properly on a clay court because many, many times they've blasted through opponents. They've come potentially or possibly from indoor environments and these things are tough to develop. They are. So they've developed a a certain style that has worked really well for them. um, Outside of Florida, maybe in an indoor environment, but they haven't, they haven't learned how to, how to be, doing these other things in an outdoor environment. So they can be very limited on, on, what, on what they can do and how they can play. And so th- those things, then, then, then your, your tennis game can, be, can come to a screeching halt as well because you're, at that point, you're a limited tennis player. You know how to do one thing. You don't have multi-dimensional aspects of your game and be able to adapt your game to different surfaces and, and, and and many different environments. So these are the things that I'm seeing all the time with, with kids.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's again, kind of getting back to the Australian open since it's going on right now, while we're recording this, this episode, you know, I watched uh, the match between, um, between Kane Nishikori and, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking now.
1: Yeah. Car, car, Karlovich.
0: Thank you. Um, yes. Karlovich. And all I kept thinking was if Kane Shikori can just get the serve back, he's got this match. Like it's not going to be right. an issue for him because Karlovich at age 39, I think he is now, yeah. you know, he's got this ginormous serve, but he's this incredibly tall man who doesn't move well. And You know, once the point gets going, the better player on the other side of the net really is at an advantage. And um, I, I just kept thinking how sad that nobody ever helped him round out his game and become a better mover. And yes, it's challenging when you're tall. But then you look at Alexander Zverev, who moves around the court beautifully. And he's a tall guy, too. Right. but somebody's tall um, him
1: yeah i mean i i can't tell you about about Karlovich. um i you know be, being that size it, it could be very challenging i mean I, I i was able to compete against john isner and for his size he's a phenomenal athlete i know riley opelka as well he he's a very good athlete for his size um you know i had the, the pleasure maybe unpleasure of playing Kei Nishikori one time in Europe. Um, and uh, I can tell you that the quickness of how that, of how Kay can move on a tennis court is intimidating. It may be very difficult to see on TV, but I can tell you, I thought I hit a pretty good volley against him in our match. And we had a three hour marathon match. That was a very tough match. And he basically jogged over and passed me. No problem. <laughs> so I did not come in for the next probably two hours or two and a half hours in that match. I remember it was very early in the match and that's a weapon mm-hmm. and they're tremendous athletes. And until you play against that, it's a little hard to describe, but, and it's hard to see on TV. But, but my point is, uh, is that, incredible.
0: but the point is, is that someone worked with them or they're naturally gifted in that, regard, which, you know, both. I don't know which is the both. answer, but, but yes, for both. somebody like Riley Opelka, I mean, we know he works on his movement. I mean, that's, yes. that's a big part of his training and it's allowed him to have the success that he's now having. You know, it took him a, a, a while to kind of, I mean, he was always a top junior, but to, you know, he came uh, up
1: with put it together. A
0: really good group and some of them broke through a little before Riley. Riley's now right there with them because all of that training, like you said, yes, it's all finally coming together.
1: Yeah. It it yeah, it, it takes time to come together. I know he had some injury problems. He actually sees one of my really good friends for treatments here in South Florida and everything. But um, you know everyone comes into their own at, you know at different times and matures and you know gets you know used to the tour and and you know and all all those things and how comfortable they are and how confident they are at each level and 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 the wins and the losses and the traveling all, all that kind of stuff sure. um but, but, but
0: for in- the but for the junior players i mean and for the parents listening i think you know the takeaway message here is If your child's coach is not working with him or her on these types of pieces of the puzzle, not just working on technique of forehand, backhand, serve, and volley, but also working on movement, balance, footwork, positioning, then there is a big piece of the puzzle missing and your child is going to be limited in how far he or she can develop.
1: Yeah. You, you said, you said uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of the things that that I see that I see over and over again, um, with, with people that are contacting me about, about their child. And many times, you know, we're, we're maybe fixing techniques and those things, but without proper movement techniques break down anyways. Mm-hmm. They do because your, right. your, your child is not in a proper position. And if they want to hit, Certain targets and specific areas on on the tennis court, their technique and their and their movement and balance have to be impeccable to be hitting these certain spots. And so, if you're not hitting those certain spots on 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 a tennis court, then you know that something is off. It tells you, it tells you right then and there. And these are the things that 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 Pierre and I are are continually working on with the kids in, in my system to 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 clean up and develop and and that that's that's what we're doing. And then. Going back to, you know, the kids being in a very high, highly competitive environment and, and having fun doing it all day long and they're competing with, with these targets and challenging themselves and and that that's how you keep it fun and everything, but it is work. It's it's tough work every day.
0: Absolutely. Well, Todd, another great conversation and i want to just throw this out to the listeners if there is a specific topic that you'd like todd and me to address in a future episode i please let us know because todd has made himself available you know once a month or so to to come on the podcast and discuss different aspects of developing young players and if any of you have specific questions that you would like todd to tackle then You can either leave them as a comment or you can email me, Lisa at ParentingAces.com. Get in touch with me via any of our social media channels, and we will make sure to put that on the agenda for a future podcast. So, Todd, thanks again. It was fun chatting with you and catching up, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the Australian Open, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation.
1: Likewise. Thanks very much, Lisa.
0: Take care. To my listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll share the podcast with your tennis community. For all the information you need to navigate the junior and college tennis journey, be sure to check out parentingaces.com.